Hello out there in podcast land, and welcome to another riveting episode of The Album Argument. My name is Ryan. And I'm Jeremy. And we are so glad that you are here with us today. Jay, give us a rundown. What is The Album Argument? The Album Argument is a podcast now running for, oh, a few months now, right? A couple of months. Yeah, some good months. Yeah, some good months so far. And it is a podcast between two friends, uh, musicians, dads. Did I say friends? Longtime friends? Longtime friends. Longtime friends. And where we swap an album ahead of time, we listen to the album, and then uh, we meet together for live reactions, and we talk about the best and worst songs from that album. Simple concept, but you know what? It is effective, and we've had some great episodes. If you have not joined us for any of our past episodes, please go back and give us a listen. We promise you will not be disappointed. Yeah, and if you don't agree, then let us know, and we can have an album argument in the social universe. In the social universe. I like that. In, that in the cloud. Good. In the cloud. Very good. All right. This is a, this is going to be an interesting episode. Uh, Jeremy here has presented us with what is considered to be one of, if not, the greatest album of all time. Jeremy, go ahead. Give us an introduction here. And a little bit more. I think as, as of right now, it is still the best-selling album of all time. Yeah, I did see that. It has about 50 million album sales at least certified there's a few other albums that say oh you know we've had a few more the eagles and things like that but long story short we are talking about thriller by michael jackson thriller by michael jackson you know 50 million records sold i can't i can't even fathom that number that's just that's incredible yeah michael jackson was already michael jackson for the most part when they made this album in 1982 by the by the way that's when it was released but you know just thinking did they know it would have this long-term effect on the world i wonder i that's a really good question um for those of you who don't know michael jackson obviously got his start back in the jackson five in the 60s and you know grew to be what is what i mean i guess he was known as the king of pop the king of pop yeah and this is actually thriller was his sixth studio album so his albums went back to the 70s and this in 1982 was already his sixth Sto- stu- uh, sorry, solo studio album. So were the Jackson 5, were they in the 60s or 70s? Um, were they predominantly the, 70s? Yeah, 70s. Okay. Yeah, now, now we're dating ourselves, so now we need yeah. to go back, and we apologize for anybody that grew up in that time. You're going, yes, no, yes, what are they talking about? So, um, But yeah, the, 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 the mid, uh, Motown days, as I might say, would be... Gotcha. For, for their days were uh, the 70s for the most part. So when you said sixth album, uh, is this his sixth solo record? Yeah, so actual solo records. Okay. So it's actually interesting if you go back and if you're on Spotify or Apple Music or any of the streaming websites and you go back and look at the album artwork, you can definitely see the the um, kind of time span of the 70s to the early 80s and, you know, hairstyle changes and just Michael growing up too, right? And it's interesting to yeah. see. And yeah, some of his first solo albums were uh, maybe repackaging some of the Jackson 5 songs and so forth. But, you know, this is really when his solo albums took off. I find it interesting. I think one of his solo records was called Ben, which was based on a rat from a horror movie. Hmm. Interesting. Kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeremy, I, I do need to know, why did you pick this record? Um, let's see. So I was looking uh, a few different reasons. I was looking for an album that I think stands the test of time based on some of our previous podcast episodes. And we were saying, you know, something from the 90s or early 2000s. Does that stand the test of time? Uh, we can talk about this more, but I definitely think this one does. I think... 
no matter what style of music you like, you probably will find something in this album that you like, it seems like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Right. I definitely would agree. Um, would you consider this to be in your top 10, top 20 favorite records? No. No. Okay, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Not necessarily. I, th- I think there is a lot to like in this, um, but I honestly thought uh, I wanted your thoughts on it, too. Gotcha. And uh, we've talked before. We, we are both educators, and so we play music in classes. And I know on the Green Day episode, you mentioned how you play a song and all of your students that are younger just take to it. And I find that Michael Jackson, no matter what your background is, what other style of music you, you kind of gravitate towards. When I play Michael in class, everybody seems to enjoy it. Everybody enjoys it. No matter what, no matter if you're the rock background, a rap background, a punk background, a R and B, R and B, whatever, everything in between, because he honestly offers a little bit of that. I mean, how many people can have an album produced by Quincy Jones and also have Eddie Van Halen, on the record. On the record. I yeah, mean, that's actually pretty cool. Not too many people can say that. So Exactly. Well, I, uh, before we go any further, I actually have a special gift for you. Oh, oh no. So uh, This is a first on the podcast. I have no idea. I saw you brought that in. I wanted to ask. Yeah, uh, so here you go, Jay. Oh, my good friend. It's like Christmas morning. Your birthday is in a little bit, so we'll just go ahead and say happy early birthday. Oh, this is like a really big, it looks, uh, for everybody in podcast land, it looks like a really big MP3. <laughs> Wow. Look at that. Michael Jackson Thriller vinyl. 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 So the kids and I were out. uh, We were out and about, and we came across a record store in Decatur, and we just had to go in. And I saw that, and I was like, I I can't not get that for you. So there you go. Thriller on vinyl. And this is actually something that I do want to talk about at some point. Um, Funny enough that you uh, have this. So thank you so much. I would give you a big hug or high five or here's a big air high five. Air air five. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And if anybody has not seen uh, the album cover, I mean, it is Michael. Most of his covers have him on it. Yep. Right. And he's wearing a white suit. And uh, actually, funny enough, you open it up. He's got what a little tiger with him, too. It's kind of. I don't think I've ever opened up the album. It's something that you don't get on like a Spotify to actually open yeah. it up to see the rest of the artwork. So um, it's pretty cool. So it's something that I definitely, uh, we miss in the MP3 days. So, yep. Um, I definitely have it on CD. Do you already own it or? No. Just wonder. Okay. I do not. Gotcha. Uh, so that that is, I guess, the first copy I've bought <laughs> and I'm giving it right to you. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I admit my parents have a copy and I might actually have have seen it or received it at some point, but man, um, this cool. is my copy now. There you so go. Thank you so much. Rock and so, roll, man. Um, funny enough, now I just need a record player to rec- to play it. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that as well, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but you know, I I, I made that fatal error a few episodes ago where I, I said like vinyl didn't have the same quality. I'm going back on my word here. Oh, okay. Um, so my okay. wife and I, we've decided that we are going to utilize our kitchen space a little bit better. We're going to make it like a little coffee sitting area instead okay. of having a kitchen table there. Because we always eat our meals in the dining room. And we're going to put a record player in there. Nice. So, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna not get as involved into the record game that I used to be. But okay. I'll get a few albums. I already bought one for myself. It is, if well, I mean, you know, 
it's big countries, the crossing. Of course. Of, of course. course. Right. Yes. And that uh, you've mentioned, alluded to that coming at some point. It right? will come at some point. And I'm looking forward to that. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, vinyl's a thing that I admit, I admit that I have some for my parents. I think I've bought some on my own, but I don't actually own a record player. I think I might get one at some point. Um, I think we both grew up in the CD days and yep. cassette days, actually, even. That's actually how we started the cassette days, technically. Vinyl was around in the 90s, but I don't know. I just never took to it. And you have to be in one spot, and I can still take CDs in my car and vinyl, yada, yada. But anyways, for those, you know, analog purists out there, fine. There you go. We agree with you. But Uh, on to the record. Going back to the record of Thriller. So as mentioned before, it was released in 1982. Uh, It was produced by Quincy Jones and recorded and mixed by the Bruce Swedeen. So a lot of people know of Quincy Jones, and if you do not know of Bruce Swedeen, not to take anything away from either Quincy or Michael, but Bruce Swedeen is one of the uh, big names in the audio industry, multiple Grammy Awards for Best Engineered Albums, including this record itself, Oh, nice. Um, Thriller. Um, I own a book or two from him. Uh, he just passed away, unfortunately, a couple of years ago. Sorry. Um, but he owns that Michael Jackson sound. So some of it, uh, I admit that I listen to Thriller based on the quality, and I thank Bruce for that, right? Um, but also, this comes up when I talk about, we talk about albums, uh, the difference between a producer and engineer, not to get too much into that, but just know that Quincy Jones is known for you know being the sound of Michael Jackson, most uh, many of his albums, but actually... Quincy was not the one pushing buttons, recording, and setting up mics. It is Bruce Swedeen. So I want to make sure Bruce is known. And so uh, check out his books out there and so forth. And I don't know. It's pretty cool stuff. I'm glad you you touched on that point because then you got certain producers. You got producers that will engineer at the same time. And then you got producers like Rick Rubin who don't touch the instruments really or don't touch uh, the audio instruments and basically are there more for different areas to drive the the creativity. Yeah, they oversee the creative process. They take nothing and turn it into something. They're handling the budget. That's the classic producer. When we talk about the classic producer is a Quincy Jones in terms of ranging horns and things like that. So he has his sound all yeah. over this album and other Michael Jackson albums and many other albums, but he was not the one actually making sure that it sounded great. Yeah. So this is known for its high quality in terms of recording. As I mentioned, Bruce won a Grammy, one of eight Grammys won for this album. So Bruce won wow. one, and the other seven went to Michael. Um, but uh, yeah, best engineered album, non-classical is a um, official. That's album. awesome. So, Good for him. Yeah, it sounds great. It had officially nine, uh, sorry, excuse me, seven singles. I misspoke because there are only nine songs on the album. Yeah. <laughs> Seven singles. Can you imagine that? So that's why this is one of the um, most popular albums out there. It runs in around 42 minutes. Um, and I mentioned, yeah, certified over 50 million sold and still going strong. That's, I mean, that's wild. So it's, it's, wild. it's, it's, it's tough to not talk about thrillers. So I think that's why I ended up choosing it because I listened to it for the quality and also the songs are great. Again, it's not my favorite top album, but I do find little elements that just kind of keep coming up and, People today are so influenced by Michael Jackson, anybody from a Justin Timberlake to a Harry Styles to even a Beyonce and things like that. And um, how can you not listen to Michael at some point? Yeah, I, I have to admit that uh, I could, listening to this record through, I could hear influences that are now common these days. And I'm like, wow, okay, this this does have some historical value. Yeah, and this is also the early days of MTV, so some know this album because of the visual of Thriller, the song Thriller, 
right? So that kind of stands on its own, but it's also included with the album, and that's kind of a look of the 80s, the thriller suit that he was wearing and the 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 artwork and as we're getting into the fall now right so yeah it is september and we're almost to halloween time that yep. um you know thriller comes out and kind of the the cool sound effects added to this album too that i don't know it's a good thing to choose for this time of year yeah you know i know it sounds weird on the fashion side but i do think that that red jacket the red leather jacket that he wears in the video is just as popular or just as known as like the song anybody walking into a room wearing that jacket you know exactly what that's referenced to yeah yeah so now i throw it over to you so you've mentioned that you yep. do not own it but what were your thoughts so uh i got a little bit of a, a history here um back in i think it was 91 92 somewhere around there uh for christmas i got a cassette tape of michael jackson's dangerous oh nice and i got it from one of my aunts and i i was in love with it i listened to that thing non-stop i mean backwards and forwards i knew every song every lyric everything few years go by the whole michael jackson scandal happens um i won't get into that but there was a part of me that felt really let down by that as a as a young fan of him i felt really let down by that and i stopped listening to his music in fact when my wife and i got married when we hired our band for our wedding the only rule i had was no michael jackson songs at my reception interesting okay yeah so and they argued with me on this. They're like, well, Michael brings people to the dance floor. And I'm like, I know he does. I just don't want it. Everything else is good. No Michael Jackson songs. Sure. So this is the first record I have picked up of his since then. So that was early 90s. And I have not listened to anything of his since then. Um, I mean, of course, I've heard songs passing you know, through MTV, radio, whatever. But it was interesting actually listening to this record from start to finish. And I did my typical three times through listening to it straight without skipping anything. And I have to say, it it's it's good. I'm I'm not wild about this record. Okay. Um okay. I, you know I can, I could see that understandable. Like I said, it's not one of my favorite albums as well. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. It, it you know, okay, so with the opening track, with let's see, what is it? Uh wanna be starting something. Excellent open track. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, I mean, I put agree. that on, start grooving. Like, okay. Yep. The music yep. in it is brilliant. But then we move on. It, I, I guess, I don't know. I just, I did not get into this record much at all. I never, I, I people are going to hate me for saying this. I never liked the song Thriller. I have never, even when I was a kid, never liked it. And I think back to that newfound glory song uh called hit or miss and they it's even in the 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 verse like remember the time we realized that thriller was our favorite song and i i just remember cringing at that lyric from that song and i don't know it's just not my thing yeah yeah it's not one that i'm going to choose as well um i don't know i think it's really good though so i would argue for that for other reasons but um yeah keep going no i hear you and and you know billy jean cool song you know beat it cool song but i'm i honestly and people are gonna hate me again for this I prefer Weird Al's Eat It over Michael Jackson's Beat It. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think I'll just uh, stop the episode now and just uh, send you home. So now that now we're having an argument. But so I mean, like I I, I, mean, I know that sounds crazy, but yeah, that I, that is what it is. And in, in fact, I believe that uh, Eddie Van Halen did record the solo on Eat It as well. Okay. So, okay. And now, that, that movie's coming out too, right? The yes, Weird the new Weird Al movie. Out, I think, uh, I'm sure. Yes, I'm so excited for that. I was a huge Weird Al fan growing up. Uh, anyways, that's a tangent. 
The song that I did not like the most on it, in, on this whole record, The Girl Is Mine with Paul McCartney. The waste time. Because the dark on girl is mine. She's mine. She's mine. No, 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 she's mine. The girl is mine. The girl is mine. I'm sorry. You've got one of the Beatles on a record with you, and you're singing the doggone girl is mine. I totally agree. I think um, in my notes, did I put it in there? Yeah, I, I put the lyric, the girl is mine, the doggone girl is mine. That is the worst. Yes, I agree. This song is such a waste. It is a single, though. I know. And I, oh, oh, because I've seen this video before pop up on that, that uh, VH1 show pop up videos and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Classic. And from what I understand, this is also what led to uh, the, the rift between Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney True. was what happened after this, right? True. And we, we don't need to get into that, but like, you've got a Beatle on a song with you. And you record this? This is the song you write with him? Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. This is not a good song. Sorry, yeah. It also has some kind of banter at the end. No, she's mine. No, she's mine. Just like kind of some talking. It it just doesn't fit. I I think it does not fit the rest of the album. Oh, it totally does not fit the album at all. I'm not a huge Beatles person, but I do respect what they've done with music and how, like, everybody steals from the Beatles. Everybody does. But, like... I just, it blows my mind. If I would like to think that if I had one of the Beatles, uh, even if it was Ringo sitting with me and we're writing a song together, we're not writing this. I, I mean, I, I can't get past that. And, and Michael should have known that whatever, uh, other than maybe a few songs, many of the Beatles post Beatles songs yeah. aren't that good. Sorry to the, say, you know, so he should have known that saying, well, I'm going to put this on him on this album, but Again, it's, it's not a good song. You, you know, and I've had this conversation with my wife recently. I actually preferred Wings over the Beatles, and a lot of people think I'm crazy for that, but it's just it's just me. You are crazy. I am not. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, the, the Beatles definitely serve their own purpose. So maybe na- right now you're telling me I need to give you a Beatles song, uh, and, album. And, and you know what? I would I would actually great I would I would welcome that with open arms. I, I've thought about one in particular that I, I think um, stands the test of time. But anyways, I so. do have a few I do have a few Beatles um, CDs and stuff albums. You know, but anyways, but okay. I, so I agree with you. The girl is mine is the one that is not mine on this album. I cannot stand that. So we agree. That's both of our. Are you serious? Favorites. That is your yes, pick we, as well. We agree. For, oh my for, gosh. For the wow. Worst. I think by far there's a few other ones that you might say, well, you know, this Hume- one's quieter, things like that. But no, the other ones have. Yeah, they have something. Yeah, they have Human something. nature didn't do a whole lot for me, to be honest, either. But I, I mean, when I, if I had to pair the two of them together, the girl is mine is way worse. Yeah, human nature has a chorus, the why. Yeah. Why? I mean, it's got a, a cool hook to it. Girl is mine. It, it's a just, throwaway song. And, and I think stands the test of time. Girl is mine is. Typical 80s, not in a good way. So throughout my notes on this album, I have typical 80s in a good way for yeah. many other songs and Thriller. I mean, they sound like the 80s based on the technology, things like that. But The Girl Is Mine is, let's say, that cheesy 80s. Sorry for anybody that likes cheesy 80s. but And I do to a degree. I mean, I actually, I, I do enjoy cheesy 80s stuff, but like, my goodness, this, that's, ugh. Now, as it goes to what I really did like on this song or this album, the song I have to pick is PYT. I want to love you, PYT. Pretty 
you know, aside from the cringy intro, the the I'm sorry, the intro to the song is very cringy. The chorus to this is really awesome. I love the call and response that's going on. It, it's it's cool. It's funky. It gets me it gets me motivated. I, I like that song. It's a good song. And as as much as I'm not a huge Michael Jackson person, I uh, as I've told you, I, I like that. That's a great song. Yeah, I actually agree. So um, I have a memory of doing this album or taking this album from the vinyl from my parents back in grad school and doing some noise reduction, practicing that. And I remember hearing this song for the first time, realizing even though it is it is a single. I don't really remember hearing on the radio. I don't remember it at all. You do hear it from time to time now on the radio, but I just remember ever since then going, what is this? And other people too actually sing it though. It it comes up. So, so it's interesting that you say that as well, because I, when I first came across this song, I was like, I feel like I've heard this before, but I feel like it wasn't Michael Jackson. And then I, I was remembering to the days where I used to work at like Barnes and Noble and they would play the Glee soundtrack like one of them, and I'm pretty sure they covered it. And I'm sure, or or uh, my guess is maybe it's been sampled, things like that too. Oh, totally. So you've probably heard it in pieces somewhere else. Oh, yeah. But this is this is a good song. Yeah, it's, it is, it's good. It is upbeat for uh, Michael Jackson. You say, well, the other songs are upbeat, but it it, it kind of it has a different feel than a lot of the other songs on this album. I totally agree. I, I want to say this is my favorite, but I'm going to shift a little bit, not gotcha. to kind of steal the thunder. But I I definitely agree. Great groove. It has like a cool little extra guitar kind of funk riff yep. that plays off the drums and bass just when it comes in. And it's, it's, it's just great. Just, it's low enough where it's there, but it's not overpowering. I like that. Yeah. But the reason why I did not, I'm going to kind of shift and throw my two cents in. I did not pick this one. Well, now that, not because you said it, but I'm going to run with it. <laughs> I don't think this song stands the test of time. What? Lyri- what? Lyric wise. Is it because of the cringy intro? Yeah, because of the cringy, cringy intro. That is intro, so cringy. <laughs> but also, pretty young thing, I think, in terms of today's time. I don't know if yeah. that's this song would have been written today. I, I can see that. Yeah, okay, that oh. that that makes good sense. I'll say it that way. So, PYT, it's it's cool, and it, it, they have the TLC in the chorus, things like, or he does. It, it, it's still a cool song, but I think it's very 80s. If something has to stand the test of time, I'll get back to a different song. That's a very good point. I okay, I applaud you there. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts or? You know, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm never going to listen to this album again. Okay. Um, it's my feelings towards Michael have not changed. It's not going to change. Um, I broke one of my rules of listening to him for you. And I, I broke one of my rules buying the album for you. Uh, but, you know, it's something I saw it. My kids, I'd been talking to my kids about how we were going to, uh, how I'd been listening to this record for the podcast. And we came across it. And it was like, I couldn't not pass it up. That being said, uh, which I, by the way, I've noticed I say that being said in so many episodes that I feel like I should make a shirt that says that being said. Mine is, you know. You know. Um, that being said, I will probably never. I listen to this record again. I appreciate some of the songs on it. That's fantastic. I'm good. I'm done. Gotcha. All right. Well, thank you for listening to it and for, you know, purchasing the vinyl record for me. And I do appreciate you actually, you know, forcing me out of my comfort zone. And I know that sounds weird because so many people, I mean, it's 50 million records sold. So a lot of people have this record and they're like, really? That's out of your comfort zone? Yeah, it's out of my comfort zone. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, I think just the album in terms of because it was, you know, recorded by Bruce and Bruce Houdin, that is, and you can check out his book and so forth. And you know, he's a great engineer in the, uh, from the audio world. 
Uh, it's just quality through and through. I think uh, I do come back to this and other engineers too and listen to it as maybe a reference. So you put it on and say, this is how a kick should sound or this is how a snare should sound. And I could totally see this being a go-to album in any kind of engineering class. Like this, yeah, this is a perfect record to use for teaching. And then as a bass player, Billy Jean always comes up. So you have to know Billy Jean. Um, I would probably learn some more bass lines, maybe just like PYT, things like that. Just listening to, I don't know, it just has a good playability to it. So, you know, if you're going to be a party band or something, I think you have to play some of these. And I could see why the my wedding band uh, fought me on this stuff. Because I could <laughs> see why people would want to come to the dance floor when these songs played. Uh, and Thriller has some sound effects. Not many albums have sound effects in, built into them, so it has some sound design and things like that, which is pretty cool. See, I'm not a fan so of that. You don't like, I, I, don't know. I did not care for that. It, 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 it's different in terms of it's unique, and so I think that's what draws me to something. It's not just the typical same song over and over and yeah. over, which is a preview of an album that we will talk about coming up that I have some issues with. Oh, yeah. But... Um, it, I don't know. Every song kind of sounds together, except for The Girl Is Mine, but then they have their own little things, like Eddie Van Halen's on Beat It, and um, I don't know, Great Grooves. And But if there's one song that I do like, and it's a pretty recent one for me, um, I gave this actually in a class of mine. I saw a cool cover of it, and I might even like the cover better. Um, it was just by an artist for a, a mic competition, And um, but Baby Be Mine. I don't know. I, I think really? It's, it's got a good groove. Really? All right. It's got the 80 synths in there, the little synth in the oh. chorus. It's got so many cool chord changes. So as a guitar bass player, it just makes me want to learn it. It's got changes. And that's Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson in general. Yeah. Um, compared right. to a lot of pop songs. I don't know. You got me. Okay. That's that's a good song. It's got a groove. I'll show you the, the cover song too. And um, <laughs> maybe I can put a link to that uh, for the podcast as well. The, the artist that did a cover song. That's That's a good song. Yeah, I don't know. And and it's song number two, and that's my new favorite one. And uh, I put 80s gold. It's 80s got, gold. It's got horns. It's got the cool synth and everything. So now, I don't know. I think, this one wasn't released as a single. That's the weird thing. Yeah, I would have totally released. Yeah, so this one and The Lady in My Life are the two. Which that's the last track of the last tracks. Yeah, yeah, so I would have totally taken off The Girl Is Mine. You can't because of Sir Paul would yeah. want it. But uh, yeah, I would have taken off The Girl Is Mine and released Baby Be Mine. Not to keep going too long, but um, I, I do want to say, like, we've talked before about albums being reduced in length and stuff in, in, in track lists. I've noticed that, you know, a lot of albums from the 70s, 80s, sometimes they go to eight eight songs, nine songs, you know, stuff like that. I feel like some of these should, some of these albums that are coming out these days really should be reduced. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot to talk about that. So, I agree. So, uh, we've kind of looked at some of the other albums saying, uh, maybe with 311 and maybe it's a song, maybe yeah. it's an album earlier on in their career and they're just putting out a lot of songs. Maybe they don't have a producer cutting down the songs, things like that. There's various reasons. Um, one big reason is the medium that it was traveled on or uh, that it was pressed on. So vinyl, 
has a maximum and uh, compared to CD. And now nowadays people can write every song could be 10 minutes long. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. So actually that's my one problem with the album. Uh, one of the problems I have with the album is that I think uh, going through to Thriller, it has a certain sound and Beat It always has, it's just loud at the beginning and it has a different sound, but knowing that it's actually side two totally makes sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I could see that because flipping the record over yeah. and then it kind of keeps the theme of the album going. It, okay. But it doesn't matter if it's a little louder, sounds a little different. So that's something too that artists now with albums don't have to worry about, even yeah. on CDs. It's just one side that uh, maybe that played into how it was sequenced this album, certain songs, certain parts of the album. And um, on its own, I have a problem with the beginning of Beat It. Once the guitar comes in, it's awesome. But yeah. I don't know. But then it, it dawned on me the other day, driving and listening to this, I said, I bet it's side two. And confirmed. Way to go. So anyways, um, that's another thing that in terms of listening to when the album came out, that is definitely influenced by whatever medium that it's on, vinyl, CD, MP3 now, whatever, that um, it's interesting where music will go. Actually, songs are getting shorter and shorter somehow. Yeah. I don't understand. Well, speaking of vinyl, MP3, and CD, please, please, please give Michael Jackson's Thriller a listen to. Go and support him. His website, Spotify, Apple, wherever you like to get your music from. A vinyl vinyl record store, maybe? Vinyl record store, yeah. I mean, swing by your old uh, used CD warehouse or something and and, uh, and pick yourself up a copy if yeah. you don't have one of the 50 million copies that's already floating around. Yeah, and let us know, does it stand the test of time? Is it 80s gold? Do you agree with us on uh, The Girl Is Mine? Let yeah. us know on uh, socials. I think everybody out there agrees that The Girl Is Mine is the worst song on this record. <laughs> I, uh, I I think so. I think so, but we'll, but we'll see. We'll Maybe see. somebody says no song is bad, right? Yeah, please um, support the artist. Yeah, we, support we, Michael um, and and I guess his estate at this point, right? Yep. Um, but also let us know on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook. Let us know on the website, thealbumargument.com. And uh, we look forward to um, having that argument in the cloud. Oh, we would love to have these arguments with you in the socials. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Again, my name's Ryan. I'm Jeremy. Please visit us at thealbumargument.com, as stated, and we hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful fall. Deuces. We are out. <laughs> <laughs>